0: Hey guys, and welcome to part two of episode one of uh, Cultured. Yeah,
1: let's get into it. We've got the music segment up first. Yep. Well, the whole thing's about music, rather. Yeah, yeah, the, the so, whole uh, part two. So we have a new segment that wasn't on the last show.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, it's the song of the year. So I have a book by Shay Serrano, I
0: believe his name is, something like Wait, what that. What do you mean you have a book by Shay Serrano?
1: That's the book where I get these songs from. Oh, okay. So... We're going to be looking at the song of the year as chosen by him, and then they have usually a, a counter song that they pick. So, um, like, based on popularity? Yeah, or how how they um, viewed it. So, we're going to look at the first two songs that were in 1979. So, we've got the Sugar Hill Gang. And on, e-
0: each, um, sorry to interrupt, Yeah. but each week, each yes. episode will be going up a year. Yep. So, so next, next week will be 1980, yes. week after, 1981.
1: Yeah, so this yep. week we got the Sugar Hill Gang <laughs> on Rapper's Delight, and we also have rapping uh we also have Paulette and Tanya Winley on rapping and rhyming. Yeah. So let's get into it first. So you got
0: which one was his pick?
1: His was the Sugar Hill Gang. Okay. Uh Rapper's Delight. Yep. So what do you have first?
0: Uh well I wrote about Rapper's Delight first. Yeah. Yep. By the Sugar Hill Gang. yep. So for those of you who for those of you who don't know, the birth of hip hop was from MCs. They would play like a little funky or groovy beat at a party. And do a couple of rhyming lines at the start just to like sort of hype everyone up. You know, get them in the mood to party and whatnot. Yep. And um, yeah, the most common sort of things to say would be along the lines of this is a great beat. Let's dance. Have a good night. We can do it all night long. That kind of stuff. Yep. But obviously, you know, much better and more interesting than that. Yeah. And then they would just stop talking and everyone would just dance to the beat and that's it. And there's a bit of controversy, a bit of controversy over mm-hmm. who started rap. Right. Whether it be the Sugar Hill Gang or Paulette and Tanya Winley. There you go. But yeah, so they just didn't stop rhyming after a couple of lines. They just kept going. Yeah, they just kept going. Yeah. And um, yeah, then eventually the, the beat was over. I believe at the uh, end of rhyming and rapping, I, I don't know if, whether it's Paulette or Tanya Winley, but one of them says that it's time to end because yeah, they, they run s- out of tape. They say like bye bye or whatever, yeah. right at the end. Yeah, so um, yeah, I-, I-, I find that really interesting. um Wonder Mike of the Sugar Hill Gang actually started Rappers Delight by saying, "Now what you hear is not a test. I'm rapping to the beat."
1: Yeah. So
0: like he's saying, "Yeah, it's not a test. I'm I'm deliberately talking right it's now."
1: A h- it's a huge song too, fifteen minutes almost. Yeah. It's yeah, it's ridiculous. massive. It's one of the longest rap songs of all time. Yeah. It was the first one. was the first yeah, it was the one. First one. <laughs> <laughs> started
0: off with a high bar. Yeah, it set like two records yeah. in history.
1: I I read somewhere that it actually still has the most verses of all time Yeah, in a rap song, which is pretty crazy.
0: So I I think that both Ryman and Rappin' and Rapper's Delight deserve recognition as the first. Uh, Ryman and Rappin' was released first. Yeah. But it had a lot more of just the beat playing, whereas the Sugar Hill Gang just like it was a normal rap song like we would hear now and there's yeah. hardly any instrumental um so yeah the fact that they left a bit of the beat playing sort of says that like they were hesitant to do something different if that makes sense and the sugar hill gang were also the first to go mainstream
1: yeah they were the first mainstream and i, yeah. I wrote down here that they were the original me because they're just trying to cram in yeah they're that. trying to get as much um surface area as they can but yeah i really um enjoyed in both of these songs like the subject matter was still um like evident today like there's still influenced a lot like they were talking about um having bodyguards having big cars sunroofs being good with the ladies yeah Um, private jets yeah private jets being super fly with all their clothes and all their money and their jewelry i thought that was really interesting but i actually found sugar hill gangs like you said before I actually found it a bit uninteresting. The, yeah. the beat because it was so like mellow and it was yeah. so understated, um, and the verses and the the flow was obviously outdated. It's forty years ago. Yeah. Um, Nineteen seventy nine was, which is crazy. <laughs> um, but I think that without this, we wouldn't have this iteration of hip hop. I think yeah. like it all started as like uh, I'm talking about Sugar Hill Gang here. It yeah, all started yeah. as sort of like this flaunting what you have, and then yeah, like it just transformed into little Pump and and what we have today. <laughs>
0: But this obviously isn't true. But like, I think of people from the nineteen seventies as like sort of innocent. Yeah. But they won't like that. No, they're, um, they're just like we are now. Big Bank Hank. Yes, that's one of my favourite names. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, for rhyming and rapping, did you have much about it? I actually,
0: I've still got more for. Oh, you
1: still got Rapper's more for? Delight, yeah. <laughs> right, keep going <laughs>
0: there, mate. Um, so yeah, like like you've just said, it's legit. Just a rap song from the late seventies. It's yeah. Yeah, you can tell that the flows are super simple and there's no, like, hard bars or anything. And looking at it now, it is actually quite bad. Like, it's just not interesting yeah. Like because we, we've heard it all before. Yeah, like. when
1: we're looking back on these from the 70s... Well, there's only one in the 70s, really. <laughs> from the 80s and onwards, like, we're not judging it for how bad it is because we can't go back in yeah. time, obviously. And, see,
0: or like, hear it for the first time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So
1: now it seems a bit outdated, but I... And I've definitely... um Spoke about it already, but like the influence is still crazy. How far it's yeah. come and how how many like of the the like the undercurrents and the themes mm-hmm. are similar even today, forty years later, which is crazy.
0: Yeah, it it kind of seems like they're lacking originality, but like obviously they weren't because they were the first to do it. Yeah, like other people just sort of built more on top of that. But um, yeah. So the the content of the song was mainly about beat dancing, partying all night long. There's like financial flexes thrown in there, which you've mentioned. Yeah. And, yeah, the majority of the group say how good they are at rapping, getting girls. And there are also some um, homophobic lines as well. He mentions uh, how he's better than Superman. And then he says, I said he's a fairy, I do suppose, flying through the air in pantyhose. Yeah. So, yeah, that's always been there. And there's also lines that demean women. Like he said, um, you see, if your girl starts acting up, then you take her friend. So these things have always been ingrained in hip-hop since the beginning, and we're only just now moving away from that. And yeah, I think it's been way too long for things like that to have gone on, but at least things are moving in the right direction now. But I think my favorite rapper uh, of the group would have to be Master G. He was only 17 at the time of Rapper's Delight as well. There you go, So he was the youngest. Yeah, he was the, the baby boy of the group. And yeah, at a close second is Big Bang Hank. It's just a cool name, isn't it? They, they just it's a very cool name. But they just had that like more sort of ironed out lyricism than the others. No, oh, I
1: actually I actually thought Oh, you're talking about compared to in the group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, 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 sorry,
0: yeah. Yeah, like the rest of the crew would sort of like space out words to make lines fit. Yeah. Um I, I did actually really like how they all introduced each other as well.
1: Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Like right. Right like at, yeah, like at the end of the end of each line. Or or whatever. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: I know someone who can rhyme real good. Here he is now. Something like that. Yeah, that was really cool. But um, yeah, the track is 15 minutes long and it's got 10 verses. And it, I think it might have been broken very recently. Like when Maybe. rappers just go like four bars and then yeah, yeah. go and that counts as a verse. But like, I, I don't think that counts because it's not a whole verse. Yeah. But um, they did actually release two other versions. One at seven minutes long and one at like just three minutes long. Yeah, like long. the radio version. Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because obviously they're not going to play 15 minutes yeah. on the radio. Yeah. Um, and the beat for it, I, I actually liked. I think it was something like that J-Rock should jump on. I, I reckon he should do that now. Do like a right, Rapper's Delight remix. Or like remix. if Jid jumps on it, like speeds the beat up. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I liked the beat, but I, I can... I think it was kind of boring. Yeah. It, it just suited them, I suppose. Yeah. That's what made it good to me. But yeah, obviously now with the beats that we've heard and everything, yeah, it's not as interesting of a beat. But... um yeah for me somehow the the track didn't get boring like it it wasn't great but like i probably wouldn't listen to it again but i'm glad i did listen
1: yeah i actually think uh we'll we'll move on to rhyming and rapping now i actually think
0: that that one is a little bit better to me yeah Yeah, personally i
1: think think, like it's a little bit more polished like i think it feels like a bit more smoother around the edges where the sugar hill gang felt like that they were just rapping to rap Yeah, it sounded like they were freestyling. Yeah, they were just sort of, like, putting it out there. And, like, when you do a song for 15 minutes, like, that definitely could have been cut down to, like, a (laughs) six-minute or (laughs) five-minute version. So, I think they were just trying to, like, this is us. Yeah. we're going to put ourselves out there and then, like, no one else is going to be, like, contend with us for for now anyway. But I think um, Paulette and Tanya, they really tried to sort of release something that they would... um, Sort of be proud of. I think that yeah. this is something more like I don't care if no one likes it. Um, mm. I'm just going to put it out there. Where I think the Sugar Hill Gang were trying,
0: for they, a they more were trying to go commercial, commercial. approach. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I do agree with you.
1: Yeah, um, I think I like the beat a lot more on this one mm. um, because I think this one was built around the beat, not the other way around. I think the Sugar yeah. Hill Gang was mainly about the rap, uh, where this one was around the beat. And I actually like Tanya or Sweet Tea she goes by. Yeah, um, <laughs> I actually like her flow on this. It's pretty incredible for 1979. Like, yeah. she keeps up i really like for then a really fast tempo and i think that it's quite interesting the way that she um used that canting mechanism or that mm. counting sort of um, um theme
0: both of them did that both yeah. rappers delight and Run yeah they, and kept they like said a, like when i was one yeah yeah i had a lot of fun when i was two and they kept going up yeah. to like And she age did it twice
1: actually. She did it in her first verse and in her second verse. Second yeah. verse was more um, explicit. Yeah. Like she did that. When I was one, I was this when I was seven, I went to heaven. Yeah. And in this, in the first verse, she said like, she used like the words like, um, I got three and I got seven and I got mm. eight and I got eleven or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was really interesting. And the, the content, is still, um, relevant today as well. Even though it was completely yeah. different to the Sugar Hill gangs, like. Um, We hear um, Paulette talk about uh, repping her city, NYC. She says, I come from a dope place, NYC, with many flyer guys and young ladies. We'll see to it that you have some fun because when it comes to rhyming, the city's number one.
0: Yeah, which Which is is like like a a dope line.
1: Yeah, and then I think that like someone like ASAP Rocky or someone like that, they still, and just not even like Chicago- LA, mm. New Orleans, the South Atlanta, whatever. They all repped their city still. And like, yeah. they were doing this. And they 19- repping it hard. Yeah. And they did yeah. it in 1979, which is, I think was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and uh, Sweet Tea, I think she was more talking about like bigging herself up. She was like talking about how mm. she's like a really great rapper and she's yeah. got all these flows and all that. And I think that that is still something that um, a lot of rappers do as well. Mm. And it's crazy that all three of these, well, we're counting Sugar Hill Gang as one. I'm sort of counting these as two different subject matters that are all still relevant. Like they're like the yeah. three underpinning things, talking about yourself, mm. talking about your money and being proud and repping your city, which I think is pretty crazy Yeah, that in 1979 that They, this were, came they were doing it, yeah. yeah.
0: And it's still happening now. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. On rhyming and rapping, I said, yeah, it, it's a, it's a dope track. The beat is funky as, and the two have the perfect voice for it. I thought that their cadence was a little bit off. Like neither of them had much energy but their syllables and lyricism were much better than the Sugar Hill Gang and they didn't have to sort of like awkwardly space out words or anything yeah. just to finish the line in time with the uh with the counting thing that you mentioned I wonder if that was like a popular thing to do at the time yeah i don't know like when they were emceeing just at the start of the beat you know if they counted like to four or something yeah, and then get the beat going yeah. yeah i don't know but yeah i did
1: like that they both even use that
0: yeah I, I, I thought it was quite interesting that yeah both used it so yeah. I, I wonder if that was like a mainstream thing to do at that point or i wonder even if the sugar hill gang took that from paul yeah, and maybe. tanya maybe because that might like that's still happening today yeah. stealing versus what's Steel that versus. called like a the sugar hill gang well, one of them actually did that a lot um i'm not sure i forget his name I think it might have been Wonder Mike. It's called like a a shark bite or something when you take (laughs) another MC's line. I have no idea. I haven't heard of the shark bite. It could be called that. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I really liked um, the end of the track, like where she says it's time to go. Yeah. Yeah, I quoted the line. She said, And at the age of 10, I had the urge again, but there ain't enough tape, so this is the end. Bye-bye. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think compared to Rapper's Delight... Ryman and Rappin is closer to what we have now.
1: Yeah, I think um, Shay's decision. Let me let me find his name real quick right right now. I'm pretty sure it's Shay Serrano, right? I think that's what I said at the start, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah, Shay Serrano. I might not be saying it right, but that's how it looks. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think he got this one wrong. I think uh, Rappin and Ryman should have been number one. Yeah. Um, but I can't fault him because Sugar Hill Gang is like the mainstream, yeah. and it's. Sort of like uh like the the stamping point like you look at Sugarhill Gang and then you move forward yeah um in today's society so either one's really good but if it was for me it's Rapping and Rhymin by Paulette and Tanya Winley what about you I would
0: have to agree with line you. yeah yeah
1: all right well we're moving on to the next segment and we've done this before on the old show so if you've tuned in from there um which I hope a lot of you have
0: yep, you'll be pretty familiar with yeah, it. yeah so we're gonna do our album reviews here so you're gonna go first what do you got this week for us well I chose um Endorphins by Octavian. Okay. I was going to do Block Boy. JB. Yep, Blockboy JB. I, I actually can't remember what his album was called. I don't know. I'm going to... I, I started playing it. I had full intentions of reviewing it. Mm-hmm. But then the first song played and I was just like, nah. There's been a couple of albums in the past where I've been tempted to like, just choose another one instead. Right. But this one was so bad. Like, this is the first little... I'll just play the first little snippet of the song. That honestly just sounds like my song that I made for DJ Coloured. (laughs) Mate, you
1: should have put that... You should have sent that to him. (laughs) Say, did you steal this?
0: So, yeah, that was pretty bad. And I'm like, no, I, I can't review that. So I ended up changing what I was doing. And yeah, I did Endorphins by Octavian. Okay. So he's from the uk if you don't already know uh and this is just a regular uk trap album it's got its highs and lows the content isn't really anything special and it's got a couple of sort of softer songs thrown in there but the thing that really separates this project for me at least from uh other trap albums is just the cohesion that it has it starts out pretty soft and it like slowly amps you up from there so if you like switched any of the orders of the songs around it wouldn't sound as good okay it did take all the way to the fourth track though to get more than one verse on a track Mm -hmm. and that was only because there was a feature the first three tracks just went chorus post-chorus verse chorus post-chorus which it it did make them pretty repetitive yeah but considering they're like the softer songs that they are more melodic yeah so doing that it actually helps solidify the melody in my head yep so often they would be the track stuck in my head even after hearing the nine remaining songs it would still be like the first 3 that would repeat in my head
1: yeah i see what you mean
0: yeah especially molly go down that one would all, that would sort of be at like the front of my head okay. um, octavian is not energetic on that track at all but it's actually it's actually a really boring song if i'm looking at it objectively but i really like it um yeah the, the melody is just it's such an earworm it's so catchy yeah, yeah. Uh, The production is great, too. Like, kind of imagine a Travis Scott kind of beat, but with a marshmallow kind of twist to it.
1: Okay.
0: It was... It's definitely made for the charts rather than hip-hop lovers. And I feel it was also very similar. It actually sounded like uh, Power is Power by The Weeknd, Travis Scott, and Scissor from that Game of Thrones album. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like a deep vocal kind of noise. It's just been, like, chopped and screwed up. And it's actually got uh, Rick Astley kind of drums. Okay. Like, it's got like a little snare roll in there that legitimately sounds like Rick Astley's Never Gonna Give You Up. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna play it actually. I don't know when the snare roll is. There. Yeah. Actually that legit just, yeah, sounds straight like, I think it's legitimately the exact same snare roll. Could potentially be. But, um,. Yeah, it that also features um, Theophilus London. I think that's how you say it. It's a pretty wild name. Um,
1: Theophilus, maybe. I'm
0: yeah, not sure. yeah. I, I don't know. It's a bit of a, a crazy name, but, but yeah. he fits the track perfectly. Um, Risking our lives as well was also a really good track. It was incredibly melodic, and the refrain had one of the biggest earworms on the project. But the last verse was just trash. Like it was kind of like a two-part song, but like the title didn't indicate that at all it was just called risking our lives mm-hmm. there was no like slash something does yeah that was it um but he like he finished the chorus and then the beat fades into like like a different version of the same beat i don't know what that's called right but like that's what all two-part songs do you know they'll sort of fade down to like a more stripped down version of the beat that's being playing or something like that and then he started rapping again and you know foot fungus by ski mask Nope, where I he goes, heard it. like you've definitely heard it. He goes like, "Let's make a deal, bitch. Be for real." I don't know. I don't Is you off a pill? Heard a song called Foot Fungus. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good track. But that, that's yeah, sort of his flow. And Octavian has a very similar flow, but it's nowhere near as fun.
1: Right.
0: He goes, "Stack it up one by one. This shouldn't take long. I can do it on my ones. You won't last. I'm going so far. I'm gonna be there." Stars. That's flames. Like, oh, it was so cringy, and it just ruined the track for me. Um, luckily it is at the end, so you can sort of just like skip it and save the track. Yeah. Um, walking alone is a great track. That's easily one of my favourites. Uh, it's a cover of Right Thing to Do by SBT RKT.
1: Never uh, even heard of them.
0: I haven't either. they're like a, they do house music. Okay. Um, but he edits the beat and like he added in uh, J-Rick. Uh, I've never heard of him, but he's another grime rapper.
1: Right.
0: Uh, and this track is the, the best mix between like autotune trap that Octavian brings, the poppiness that the original beat brings. And because there's three people on the track, it's a good length and nothing gets repetitive. Uh, My Head is also a banger. It's got Fred on the production. Okay. He's a producer, Fred. Fred, that's yep. a nice name. I like that. Fred, Frederick. Yep. <laughs> and it's it's a very spaced out beat. Like most of the time, there's nothing happening, but like it just sounded good. Like at the start of each line, it would sort of play like little little noise, and it would just fade out for like the rest of the line. Yeah. But there was only one noise per line, and that was it. But it sounded really good. Okay. Uh, it featured Abra, and she was just plain shit. Abra, you didn't like, like Abra. No, I've listened to her other stuff and she's good. Right. But on this song, it's just nah. She said, um, like she had the most monotonous voice. She was like, "Little shorty, tell me what you wanna do. I know you very well, so why don't you come through? The heaven is your head. I only sing for you."
1: That sounds actually pretty flames.
0: No, nah, it was it was bad. Like she, she sounded, I don't know.
1: That sounded good to me.
0: Like you need to like, poke her to wake her up or something. It sounded bad. I had to get Pikachu on a bus. Poke him on. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's what that reminded me of.
0: Um, the closing track is Lit. That's the name of the song, Lit. Right. and is it Lit? Yes.
1: Okay, so it's a double Eric Andre.
0: <laughs> it features uh, ASAP Fogue, and I think it's the most commercially trap song on there. Yep. Um, and I think it was a really good closing track. Uh, Overall, I think it was pretty unfortunate that the worst parts of the album fell on the best tracks. It leaves the first few sort of tracks at the start, the softer ones, as the favourites.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, After a couple of listens through, I knew the tracks well enough to be able to know what was coming. So at that point, I'd found I'd just listen to the first like four or five tracks. And then every other track after that, I'd just listen to a little bit of it and skip it. Like I would always get through the first few good ones and then just think... I'll skip this one because it has that in it. I'll skip this one as well because I don't like the feature. I'll skip this one. And then all of a sudden, I'm at the end of the album.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, It was a trap album that was essentially just assembled by someone really smart. Whether that be Octavian, his manager, a producer or whatever, it was assembled really well. It had the perfect blend of everything you want, softer lo-fi kind of stuff, pop, hip-hop and trap. And although there were only sort of like three or four negative points, they were big negative points mm-hmm. and they fell right into like the meat of the album. So, it, it made it mostly unlistenable. Mm-hmm. I'm quite glad I chose Octavian. He's got a really good voice and it introduced me to a few good songs that now regularly get stuck in my head. And I have listened to his other projects now as well. Well, he's only got one, one okay. project. Yeah, yeah, But yeah, this album, it was just a few big mistakes away from being really good. So I'm going to rate it a 5.5 out of 10 5.5 out of 10 And um, I've just listed my favourite song Because we used to play one but Okay yeah Yeah it's uh, Molly Go Down Molly Go Down The melody is just crisp I That's love that, that track you would uh,
1: suggest people go listen to
0: yep. Yeah go listen to that If you like it then um, I don't know listen to a few other songs off there Not all of them because some of them are bad mm-hmm. But yeah <laughs> All right, so we've got your album review now. Who did you do again? I did
1: Gold Link um, and his album, I don't actually know how to pronounce it. Um, I don't believe he says it on the whole album. Uh, Diaspora, Diaspora, one of those two, I think. Diaspora? Diaspora could be. I I did look it up and I don't know if it had relation. Let me um, double check. I know it's something to do with immigration. Oh, okay. Like protecting people that are immigrated or something like that may be used to refer to a refugee or immigrant population um, of other origins or ethnicities living away from an established or ancestral home. So I believe he's talking about him coming from obviously an African-American descent, African descent living in America. I assume that's what that means. Um, But I don't think that really matters too much. The the lyrical content Mm. um, doesn't really touch on that too much. (laughs) So do you know why it was called that? No, no idea. <laughs> so I, I really like that he meshes a lot of the elements together on this. Goldling does a really good job of compi- um, sort of competing a lot of uh, elements and a lot of different sounds and genres into one. Um, he's from the DMC, uh, the DMC, the DMV <laughs> um, area, so the District of Columbia, which is Washington, D.C., um, and they're famous for what a genre, I don't know if you've heard of it, called Moon Batoon. <laughs> Um, <laughs> no, not. And it, it, moon
0: batoon moon batoon
1: and it's just like this crazy infusion of like reggae and hip-hop and pop and it's just like okay this massive, that sounds like something i would like yeah it's like this crazy sort of infusion of everything and it, it is so evident on this and the um dmv area is known for it mm. um it was it originated there and that's where he's from and that's where he makes a lot of his music and it Obviously has inspired him a lot. Like we talked about with um, Paulette and Tanya, they rap yeah. a lot in New York City and they obviously have a lot of New York City infused stuff on their songs. And then this is just crazy. Um, and I think Gold Link, um, in the past, this isn't like his older stuff, like God Complex or At What Cost, um, which he sort of got, he blew up from, mm. from the song Crew with Brent Fires, who I went and saw earlier this year. Um, love that song. And it, it, it did sort of put me onto both Brent and... Um, Gold Link just because I never really heard them before but then I went back and looked into their older stuff but yeah this this album is like this fusion of house, reggae tone, reggae, hip hop, rap, pop, soul all into one little thing and he just like wraps it so neatly that it's, that I don't know how it works but it just does. Um, it's definitely island inspired like sort of like the Jamaican vibe and he oh, sort okay. of has like yep. that sort of R&B, reggae sort of feel to the whole album. Um, and I actually think that he's going to be—he is—and he eventually will be ahead of the curve. I think that um, eventually this sort of subgenre um, is sort of going to come back around, like the reggaeton, like Drake mm. sort of hit it
0: yeah, um, I, a I while think so. ago. Yeah, I Because uh, DJ Khaled had like a lot of that yeah. in Father of Assad.
1: Yeah, and I think that um, when this sticks and becomes like a legit subgenre again, because mm. it has been before. Yeah, um, and it's obviously its own genre just in like reggae Mm. music itself, but I think- I hope it comes back. I'm
0: a huge fan of reggae.
1: I think when it comes back around, um, I think he's going to be already established and people can look at this album as sort of maybe a starting point. Um, Even if they don't, I think that like the fans of this album will be able to look back and say, I like this particular album because of Gold Link's um, Rune Batoon and reggaeton um, inspired stuff, which I really enjoy. I haven't really listened to too much Moonbatoon. I actually only found out about it because of Goldlink before this album though. Mm -hmm. Um, And then on this album, it just comes through in in flying colors. Um, And I like that he shows that he can explore his own music and just become diverse and not stick to one sound or one theme um, throughout here. And he proves that he isn't made up of what he was before. Like uh, Goldlink and like a lot of artists sort of build their character and build their persona and public image up to be one thing, like one example is future. Yeah. He sticks to one thing, and even like though he's changed kind of over stuff. the years, yeah. he's still well, he, he doesn't
0: drink lean anymore, Yeah, but exactly. he still does that kind of sound.
1: Um, yeah, exactly. But uh Goldlink has sort of trusted his fans and trusted the mm. listeners to sort of um believe in him and allow him to explore and I think it's come through really well on this. Uh I'm really impressed with uh how it's followable. Like you hear one song and it's reggaeton, then the next song is dancehall and then hip hop and then pop. But he he does it so smoothly that you don't even realize. Mm. And I think that he's crafted this the track list really well that it's like you miss it if you're not paying attention. Like what you'll you hear you like you'll hear a hip hop song and then you hear a reggae tone song and they'll blend together oh, okay. and it'll sound good. But like if you listen to like a Drake reggae tone song and then a Drake rap song, they're completely mm. different. Yeah. Um, but I think he does really well as sort so of... So it's
0: just like a little spice of each yeah. genre rather than like a
1: full Yeah. One. Yeah, okay. Um, there, there was never really a straight-up hip-hop song next to a straight-up pop song or yeah. something like that, which I think he does really well. Um, and the interweaving, the, the work that he's done with his producers and with his team is really good on this. And I think that um, he's not letting himself be pigeonholed and held down by just his rapping past or just his R&B past. He's sort yeah. of allowing himself to venture out and i think in the future that's going to be the the new style allowing artists and allowing people to just do whatever they want we see it now with like kanye west yeah shopping and changing lanes all the time of the weekend or drake yeah like these big artists are no longer like, like it's to not one like post. Eminem where he was just like talking yeah. about one thing and then when he tried it like 10 years later everyone hates him now because yeah. it just doesn't sound the same um on this thing i think he did really well again uh, picking the features on this I've always liked uh Gold Link's features and I think he's done really well on this one really fits the aesthetic that he's going for uh, most for the most part they're upbeat and happy and they really burst onto the track they don't sort of like sort of drudge in they sort of hit the track like uh, like running yep it sort of doesn't allow um, anything to be sort of left in the tank like I think a lot of these artists just like leave everything out there keep it as up tempo as possible and they yeah. just like let it fly out like um khalid was on this album i think he did really well on his song days like this um his vocal inflection was insane and something that i'd never actually heard from khalid before okay the way he like twisted his voice especially in the chorus days like this he does really well i actually don't know the words i know it says (laughs) days like this um and like the, the the high pitched tone and the pitch shift is crazy that like it, it adds like another element beyond and then his verse is really nice too i think um gold Link comes in and gold Link has a very specific sound but he does sort of change and evoke other um characters and other artists on this album mm. which i think is really interesting but khalid honestly something i wasn't expecting and something that i think still somehow fits the album even though it's like nothing that i've ever heard from khalid and nothing i've ever heard on a um On a Gold Link track Yeah Um, Pusha T was another big name On the project We had Pusha T uh, Tyler Creator was also on here Okay Um, Pusha T raps about cocaine (laughs) Cocaine Cocaine That's about all he raps about But somehow it fit on this Like summer (laughs) album I don't know how Like he literally opens up With like Coke White Coke White coke white rari coke coke white rover no bacon soda or something like that
0: <laughs> starts Wait, off that's actually a hard part
1: <laughs> he starts off something like that but somehow it fits and doesn't break the mold that's like right in the middle of the album and it's somehow like we have songs right at the start like days like this joke ting with, with ari penn smith which is which is a flame song um there's maniac that that, that are like all these upbeat sort of Summery island vibes But then this Coke White song comes in It sort of cuts through But then it just sort of Comes out the other side And it's okay. still sort a of summer Summer vibe And Even though Gold Link And um, Pusha T Sound obviously quite different Yeah um, I think That they somehow work Really well together And Pusha T builds up All this momentum And then you would expect Someone like Goldlink To come in And just either mellow it out Or drop it But he just keeps going up And he, he keeps like okay. A really nice Um like I keep saying this a lot, he, like a smooth transition.
0: Mate, you, you're piquing my interest. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, and then Tyler Creator is back rapping on this album, um, which I really like on the song You Say. I think this is probably the closest to the old gold link that we're going to get on this, like God Complex. Yep. Um, that album. Um, yeah, I think that Tyler does really well on this. He fits the vibe so perfectly. Again, talking about um, a lover, um, that's sort of the, the main... Like theme. Theme of this song. And Tyler's been doing that um very recently since about twenty seventeen with boy came out to about yeah. now It's good to hear him rapping again, but it's still not anything on Igor's level, I think. <laughs> um so maybe the the singing, the mysterious, not not hearing it in your ears, um DJ colored dissing, <laughs> um Tyler that we all love. Uh, another thing that I really enjoyed on this album was the evocation, like people were sounding a lot like other artists. P2J and Ari Penn Smith on their songs, More and Joke Team respectively, really did two different versions of The Weeknd. P2J did like this sort of, this like new school The Weeknd, like a really high pitched, almost like a woman-like voice. Um, P2J is a woman though, but she's doing like The Weeknd sort of woman voice. And Ari Penn Smith did, like, sort of... Not an old-school dark weekend, but, like, an old-school R&B weekend. They they do sound very differently. The weekend has changed his sound over the years. But I think that these two did a really good evocation of them. Um, Even Goldlink followed some inspirational artists. He got some um, influence and some um, inspiration from them. Like, uh, we heard some Kendrick and Kanye-influenced stuff on here, like Maniac. Um, And even sort of evoked him his older self like Gold Complex like I said You Say and Coke White certainly sound like a bit of an old school mm. um, Gold Link um, which a lot of the fans I, had, I know i of liked and I, I know it appeals to them um, but the main thing of this album and the, the one thing that really drove this home for me was the the summery vibe okay. and you're gonna get that with like reggaeton yeah. like because it's obviously the island music it's definitely like upbeat and it's like yeah, got very the drums tropical. yeah very yeah. tropical and um, it's really great. Um, at doing like, like the Afro beat dance hall Moon fusion is like, really, it's always going to evoke a mood out of someone. And it's yeah. like, you're not going to feel sad or you can feel sad, but it's not going <laughs> to like create a sad atmosphere. When yeah, you're Listening yeah. to that. And he does it really well on this, like songs like joke, ting, no lie days like this. Um, and most obviously, and most pertinently, my favorite song of the year so far Zulu screams, Ooh. um, Immediately perked my interest Like I just started like Moving in my chair They It just like It's in a different I, I assume it's in Zulu Like they're just like yeah. Arimada! Ho Arimada! Ho Like it's like this crazy Let, let me get my phone I'm a, Is it I'm like a... a group of people Don't it? No it's like Someone saying it And then like a group Saying like the Ho Oh that's cool Like I'll, I'll play it real quick
0: Did they say A chopper? Ooh, I like that I like that
1: Yeah like it's Like a crazy upbeat Like that song Like just comes in And it's just like Punching And then the Like Gold Link comes in And then the beat Just comes in And you're just like Intoxicated just Like yeah. it's just so crazy Definitely my favourite Song of the year so far And it's gonna be Ooh. hard To be knocked off <laughs> um, I, I feel like I say that Every week I said that last week <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure Apologies I yeah, did <laughs> um, Maybe even the week before When I did um of Creators Or Yeah Um some, one of them. Anyway, <laughs> this one's taken over as the number one. But like wait till I s-
0: next week. Yeah, exactly. Wait till <laughs> next week.
1: Uh, I am doing a pretty good album next week, I think so far. Um, <laughs> so I think that overall, this album is really good. I think Goldlink. I think Goldlink has really shown us what he's capable of, and that he's not just a rapper or he's not just an R and B artist. Hmm. Um, and he sort of allows himself to explore everything and have a diverse range of music like there's like 20 different genres on this album (laughs) and like some artists can't even do one right and then I think that he does really well and I like that he trusted the listeners and trusted Mm. his fans enough to allow himself to just step out of what he's not used to and in doing that he's made a great album it's an 8 out of 10 oh my favourite songs are Zulu Screams Joke Ting and Maniac
0: oh nice so we're doing a new I don't think we've done
1: this before, have we? No, and it's not really a new segment. I think we're just going to do a halfway through the year segment.
0: Because yeah. we have done... Because we've done the like top albums of the year, like, yeah. top 10. Yeah. So we're doing the top five albums of 2019 so far. Yes. So do you want to do... Yeah, really I, can, first? I can go
1: first. So actually, some of these songs, I, uh, albums, I actually just talked about... I actually legitimately mentioned four of these already.
0: <laughs> um, in well, my I would so. Apollo G. Yeah. Tyler, the Creator. Yep. Gold Link. Yep. Oh, I can't remember the third one.
1: Rico Nasty
0: and Kenny Beats. Okay. Uh, yep. On
1: anger management. So Tyler Creator, Igor. That is my clear number one. If you didn't listen to, was it two shows ago? Yes. Yeah. On the on the previous, um, broadcasting. Uh, sort of. Network? Arena. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't really um, know
0: the right word. Yeah, I
1: gave Tyler Creator's Igor a ten out of ten.
0: Yep. Um, I think the the closest to that you gave. I can't remember what it was for, but it was an 8.5 or
1: no, an 8. No, 9 I've given it a 9.5 this year. Oh, have you? Uh, yeah, Rico Nasty and Kenny Beats Anger Management. Oh, okay. Um, the, the the last four, uh, so two, three, four, and five actually aren't in order, but Tyler Creators Eagle is definitely one. So these yep. are sort of like two ABC.
0: Uh, I've, I've got the same sort of yeah. set up actually, yeah.
1: Um, so Rico Nasty and Kenny Beats Anger Management. Uh, I think it was a masterclass in beat production um, by Kenny Beats, really good, and we... We just talked about Rico Nasty and her Double XXL mm. um, freshman list, uh, Honours. Yep. Um, and I think that's a really good song. I really like the theme of that, sort of like the anger, sort of a, temp- a temper tantrum, um, yeah. forming angry Ooh. songs at the start, peaking and then going down.
0: Yeah, uh, after hearing your review too, I actually listened to the album. Yeah. And geez, it's good. Yeah, it is yeah, good. And I love it.
1: Apology, Die Legend, which I only gave an eight last week, um, but I did say it was my personal favorite of the year. So I am going to put it in here. Mm -hmm. Um, it sort of has climbed up to about an 8.5, but, um, yeah, an album that I really love and I'm excited to see what else we have from this young Chicago boy. (laughs) Um, then for James Blake, assumed form was my first album review of the year with, uh, Vic Mensa's Hooligans. Yep. Um, I really liked it. It's not a hip hop album. It's more R and B pop sort of indie. I wouldn't really know where to put it, but it's sort of,
0: yeah, a bit of a blunt. I think it's more R and B than anything else, but Yeah, it's a blend of those three.
1: Really great album, and I love the the evocation of emotion, and it's a masterclass in showing people how to feel, and not how to feel, but how he feels, rather. Yeah. Um, And going through a cycle of loving someone, losing them, loving, and then sort of that form. Definitely something that um, everyone should check out. The song with um, Andre 3K, Andre 3000, is a really great song. I can't... For the life of me remember that name of the song i'll get it up uh while rob is going to talk about his i'll do it at the end and gold links diaspora um you just heard my review of it and yeah definitely makes its way into the top five and i know we have a lot more albums this year coming it's only halfway through and i think that's a pretty solid list so far so yeah i think so uh, next six months is going to be pretty crazy so what do you have for your top five albums so far
0: well i'm gonna do all of my like sort of two a two b two c first and then I'll leave my number 1 for last. Okay. So yeah, so they're like like they're sort of tied for second place all of these. Okay. There's a uh, Malibu Ken, which is their self-titled album Malibu Ken, that's uh ASAP Rock and or ASAP Rock. Yeah. And uh Tobacco, mm-hmm. the producer. That was just such a weird album. Like it was completely different from what I've heard. Like I've never said I've never heard a rapper say I've got mold growing on things that I own. Yeah, I don't take many showers. Like I've never heard that before. And yeah, he was just coming out and saying it. Like if I had mold growing on things I own, if I didn't have many showers, I wouldn't be telling people. <laughs> Matt, he's got a niche. Hey he niche. does a niche. <laughs> so yeah, and then uh, Arizona Baby by Kevin Abstract for I think this like I reviewed that. Oh, month or month and a half ago, something like that now. Something like that, yeah. And there's one line he said that I really liked and it still goes through my head every now and then. Like, I'll just be at work, doing my thing, and then this line will just come into my head and I'll think about it for a while, where he says, I'm just another American problem, referring to him being gay. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was... And black. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I forget what track that was, but it was where he was like in the back of a classroom And he was sort of, like, he set the scene that he was in the back of a classroom, and he was thinking, I wonder how these people would react if I, like, came out. And then he ended that verse with, I'm just another American problem. And that was such a hard-hitting line. It stayed with me. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, even now, it'll still come into my head. Yep. And then there's uh, You Can't Sit With Us by Pivot Gang. Mm -hmm. Great album name. Love it. And, yeah, that was just wonderful. Like, the lyricism on that was great i loved listening to that uh live fast die whenever by the suicide boys and travis barker that's it's sort of teetering on the edge of not being hip-hop anymore and just being metal Mm -hmm. or screamo i don't know it sort of depends on which song you listen to from there but that's such a great album i was listening to that like and only that for about two weeks or so and Yeah. yeah didn't get bored there's only seven tracks as well so like on my drive home, I'd listen to them like three times each.
1: Yeah.
0: And then I'd put it again, put it on again in the morning still. And then no, number one would have to be Harvard Dropout by Lil Pump. <laughs> no, that's, that's hard. <laughs> that's <a> hard. <laughs> <and, album. laughs> Enemy Zoo by Denzel Curry. You did that last week or the week before? Uh, last week, I think it last was, week. yeah. Um, I, I did shit on it pretty hard, but yeah. that was sort of my fault for expecting a lot out of just what was basically an EP. Yeah, yeah. It, it was just like by itself with no sort of expectations of what it should be. It was a really good album, and um, yeah, very creative. You like that one? Yeah, speedboat is uh, always in my head. That one's a good one. Yeah. Go listen to speedboat. <laughs> I don't know if it has a feature or not, but no, it doesn't. Doesn't have a feature. No. Nah.
1: Well, I think there's a sp- ten pretty good albums right there, and
0: yeah. Uh, no, I'm looking forward to what's... Well, this week, there was um heap... Or last week, there yeah. were a, a heap of albums released within the last seven days. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to what's coming in the next six months. There should be heaps of good stuff dropping. Yeah, I think... Dropping.
1: I don't think... I think two of these albums are definitely going to stay in my top five. Tyler, The Creator, and probably Rico Nasty. Yeah. Probably going to stay in there. And potentially Polo G or Gold Link. And
0: obviously, I'm going to have to listen to Gold Link. It's only been out for like a week and a half Yeah. Now, so... I think... um depending on what does drop, because, like, I don't know, Frank Ocean might just drop one out of the blue. That's obviously going to go into your top five then. Yeah. But, yeah, depending on what drops, I think... uh, This is just my sort of thoughts on your top five, Mm -hmm. that Rico Nasty might sort of get pushed out. Pushed down, yeah. But I think Title of the Creator is going to stay... I think so. ...at number one, or at least in the top three. In the top three, yeah, yeah, most likely.
1: I think last year I had... I'd say my top three were about well probably a ten out of ten so maybe yeah. he probably won't drop any further unless we get like five ten out of ten. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I hope we do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so we're introducing a new uh, segment mm-hmm. called the Discog Dive. Yes, where we just dive into an artist's sort of older stuff. Uh, I chose Denzel Curry for my first for the first week. Yeah, for the first week of doing it. Um, do you want to rotate? Yeah, so next week do I'll what? do the. Uh, Discog Dive Discog Dive and you can do the next segment we won't reveal it just yet yep (laughs) you gotta keep listening to find out yep so yeah I did Denzel Curry because I've really only listened to him from Taboo onwards Mm -hmm. because when um, like before the show I wasn't really listening to albums when they dropped I just like whatever song was popular I would listen to and then I would check out that artist so I've never really listened to albums before the show yep so when Taboo dropped I listened to that and I really liked it. And then, yeah, I went back and checked out his older stuff. So, yeah, I, I've just never really had a deep look into Denzel Curry before. Never had
1: a deep dive of old
0: Zell. Yeah. So, he's one of my favorite rappers. And I, I think if he continues the way that he's going, uh, he's going to be up there with J. Cole. Okay, yeah. Like, they do have really similar styles. They rap like most of the time very quickly about serious topics that need to be talked about over a hard trap beat with, like, big 808s. Yep. Uh, Zell just doesn't quite have, like, the worldwide recognition that J. Cole does, but every project that Zell has dropped, I've liked. Yep. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to, like, diving in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, my th- yeah, I-, I listen to every single project he's done. Yep. Um, nostalgic N64... Wasn't or nostalgic 64? No, it is nostalgic and 64. Uh, that wasn't on uh, Spotify because it's a mixtape.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I had to go to his SoundCloud and give that a listen. Shout out the SoundClouds, yep. (laughs) But I wasn't actually a huge fan of that project, it kind of just sounds like him now, but less refined, you know, less polished. Yeah, so like, like obviously, because it's his older stuff, yeah. So it is good, but I just rather listen to his newer stuff because it's it's better but the the closer A Day in the Life of Denzel Curry Part 2 is one of the best closers of all time it's like a nice lo-fi kind of beat and he's just saying anything that comes into his head whether that be troubles he's going through the love that he has for his mates or how excited he is for his future in rap there's just a lot of things talked about here and it feels so effortless like he's just walked into the studio they've played a nice beat and he's just Talked very openly about what he's thinking. I'm doing like a top seven on the Discog dive for, of all of his tracks. At the end, or you a doing, top seven? Or you... I'll sort of do it as I go. Okay, to, yeah, yeah. But I'll recap at the Re-iterate end. Iterate it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, that's the first one, and then uh, 32 Zell slash Planet Shrooms. That's sort of I think it's two EPs that he's just joined together, but only 32 Zell is on Spotify. Spotify
1: streaming services yeah
0: yeah so i had to go to soundcloud for the other half but um it is good but again just unpolished so i've actually tried to pick as few as possible because i know there's going to be a lot of heat in his newer projects yeah um void is my second one this track is just reminiscing about the hood that he grew up in and how riddled with violence it is And he's very open about the unfortunate death of his brother, who was uh, shot dead by a police officer. Mm -hmm. And this track has one of my favorite lyrics. It's so simple and clever. No MMG, just RIPs. There you go. And yeah, that has a lot of weight to it. And every time I listen to that song, I miss the rest of that verse, because I'm just thinking about that one line. Then my third one, still off 32 Zell slash Planet Shrooms, is Envy Me. And that is just... Effortlessly melodic Ronnie J does great On the production A bit different From his usual stuff But still different To what everyone else Is doing And I just love The line Snapping like a fat hoe At the Popeyes Which you don't get The thigh The chicken Or the fries That's hard That's just Yeah That's funny and hard And then Is it my fourth one now Yeah my fourth one Ice Age Remastered He's just wild here Like I want to quote A few lines here Curry the killer The neighbour Call me Jizzilla Jizzilla That's a hard like, bar Gizilla Jizzilla Yeah Yeah <laughs> And then I think my favourite one is Honey love ain't shit But I just came Skeet it Jizz boss Skeet, Skeet. Skeet it Make her drink the cum sauce <laughs> <laughs> That's a wild line
1: right there and He's
0: just Yeah he's just Unchained On that track He's quite unchained jammed Unchained almost Yeah <laughs> And then imperial. This project was sort of like just as he was coming up and making links with other important people in the game, he also just started creating all of his like aliases in this, uh, or like aliases and themes in this project, like um, the black metal terrorist, uh, yeah. Danny Cascade, all of those sort of things. And he's still using them. He's making more, but he's still using those. And this project is where all of that started to come together. And I think that really shows something towards his longevity. Yeah. Uh, So my favorites off that, I think I'm up to my fifth now, Mm -hmm. is uh, Me Now. This track has such a Kid cuddy vibe. It's easily my favorite from the album. The chorus is amazing. It's super catchy. The melody is so creative and it's so good. And what he's talking about is a great topic. And the way he's written it is amazing. The verses as well are he's so talented at making catchy melodies and creating flows that suit them so i'm gonna say like the first couple of lines of the first verse everything is backwards mother saying that i'm sinning. and close my eyes and say forgive me because i know the devil ain't devil told my mother in the end that he'll be winning because the world is full of sin and no your son is not a saint Like, how good of a flow and melody is that? That That's thats two lines. That's pretty hard. And he keeps that going all the way through, like, probably three quarters of the way through the first verse, and then he, like, switches up the flow. But then in the second verse, he, like, starts off with that exact same melody again. And I I absolutely love that song. It's, yeah, like a Kid Cudi vibe. Yeah. And, yeah, that's easily my favorite off of uh, Imperial. And then there's If Tomorrow's Not Here. Obviously, this track has Zell discussing life being, like, finite. And this is the closer on Imperial. It's got such a classy beat. The bass line is amazing. And I honestly thought that it was sampled off of, like, something. Mm -hmm. But it's not. It was created for that song. There you go. Then there's Taboo. To me, this is Zell's best project. Not only does it have good production, the topics he talks about are great. The way he writes them is great, it's creative, the flows and melodies are catchy, the tracks are so replayable. Even now, after listening to them so many times, I can still get my jam on while listening to them. Now, considering this is a Discog dive, where you're meant to go deep, I purposely had most of my picks in his older stuff. In reality, I would probably get rid of Envy Me and Ice Age to make room for like Switch It Up and Mad I Got It, but I talk about Taboo a lot, and I'm sure everyone already knows my favourite tracks from there. So, yeah, I chose my, more of his older stuff, but I have, left lo- I have left room for one track from Taboo. Right. So I have my absolute favorite from that track, and it has to be Perks. The flows are great. It's my favorite song, topical-wise. It's got a banging beat. And if you're in the mood for something, like, just turn it, turn it up. If you've got a headache, just turn the bass down. It still works with the beat. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it still works with Zell's flows it's just so replayable like it replaced Clout Cobain as my favourite track just due to its replayability Um, yeah Clout Cobain it does get a little bit repetitive if you just play it too many times because the chorus is said I think three times in the track
1: Suicidal does call Cobain Cobain. Is it it say Clout Cobain or Kurt Cobain Clout Cobain I said Kurt then (laughs) oh I said Clout but I
0: wasn't um, entirely sure yeah no he says Clout Cobain yeah it's a great chorus but it does get quite repetitive So, yeah, my top seven tracks, I'll reinstate them, is A Day in the Life of Denzel Curry Part 2, Void, Envy Me, Ice Age Remastered, Me Now, If Tomorrow's Not Here, and Perks. Perks, there you go. That's a pretty good list right there. Thanks, mate. (laughs) So we've got um, another new segment that we haven't done before. Mm -hmm. Rap Region. Yes. So Do you want to explain what are what rap region is.
1: Yeah, so I'm going to be talking about um, one specific region. Um, So somewhere in the world. So we could be doing Australia. We could be doing LA, New York, the UK. Yeah. Uh, Bird's going crazy. (laughs) Yeah, so we could be doing any of those uh, type of regions. And um, today I've decided to go for Chicago. Chicago is one of my favorite um, hip-hop cities and definitely something that I will uh, always be repping to the death. Yeah. And I think that... Um, some really great music has always come out of there. And I think that um, in the future, we're just going to keep continually growing and it's going to eventually take over the world. But I'm going to be talking about the whole history of it. So we can't start at Kanye West, um, obviously. (laughs) So Chicago hasn't always been a powerhouse in the hip hop game. Today we have Kanye West, Lupe Fiasco, Mm. Common, Twisted, These Absolute Legends. Um, And then we have guys on the come up like Vic Mensa, Chance the Rapper, Joe Perp, Tokyo, Saba, No Name. And then you have your cult heroes, Chief Keith, Juice World, um, guys like that.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but how do we get here? This didn't happen overnight. There were obviously years um, of hard work, and these guys did a lot of um, a lot of grinding and a lot of um, collaboration to sort of create this sort of super super group almost. Like Chicago, yeah. almost feels like one big group of artists, sort of all working together. And I, th- I think well, that's like like a lot of reasons. Pivot gang. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and now the, the city's flooded with talent and honestly not enough um, ways to get it all out. Like they can only, you can only listen to so many artists and mm. like Polo G's from Chicago. You got Juice Wad, not many people know is from Chicago. Like you can't, um, they're running out of um, airways. There's not enough radio <laughs> stations to play all these guys. Um, so hip hop took a long time to reach the middle of America. Like a lot mm. of things, it, w- it sort of hit the two coasts first, the East Coast, West Coast, your New Yorks and your Californias. And then it just sort of, Slowly creeps in, and it creeps in, and it creeps in. And Chicago is classified as the Midwest, so it's quite central um, mm-hmm. in America. So um, before we even had, um, before Chicago even heard of rap, there was already like Biggie and Yeah. These guys, there was like Biggie and Ice Cube, Dr. Dre, Tupac. Like these mm-hmm. guys, although Common and Twister, who I'm going to talk about later because they're very instrumental, uh, they they weren't really as in the mainstream they didn't have the same appeal as these guys um and then those guys sort of set the set the bar and allowed oh like you can rap yeah um and you can like make music really well and then chicago um sort of caught on after eminem outcast lil wayne big pun mm. they all didn't come from the coast yeah you got um detroit you got big pun come from costa rica you got <laughs> lil wayne from louisiana um new orleans and you got outcasts from the South, like and Eminem's yeah. from Detroit. So you got a lot of, and Detroit and Chicago are very close together. Um, so you got a lot of these different areas and then it sort of showed that like, oh, we can do this. Yeah. We can like sort of expand out. And um, Common and Twister came out in 1992, long before m M&M, and um, but they just didn't, they didn't have that appeal until the middle of the 2000s or the early 2000s with um, Common, but Twister actually did have the world record for most syllables said in a certain amount of time, or yeah. most words, or something like that, um, which is pretty crazy to see. Um,
0: he was very fast.
1: Yeah, yeah. So Common Sense and Tongue Twister were the first biggest, uh, were the first big Chicago rappers. But the first ever song produced in Chicago that was a hip hop song was Groovy Ghost Show by someone <laughs> called Casper.
0: That's not oh, really, that's nice. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, it's not really hip hop because at this stage, Chicago was transitioning from house music and sort of this dance hall or not dance hall, just dance, um, and sort of disco. Cause this was in like the seventies and eighties mm. Yeah. towards more, um, hip hop. So it's obviously going to be in that middle period. Like we talked about with, um, Sugar Hill gang and yeah. the, the Winley girls, they, um, they didn't really have like a a style set in stone yet. So it was just sort of in this awkward transition stage. Yeah. Where they
0: were trying to like sort of find their footing. Yeah. And
1: they transitioned away from a certain sound. And then one thing that really helped Chicago out and sort of built like this camaraderie in the city was back in Chicago, they never had that. The radio didn't really play hip hop as much. Mm. Um, So they they were playing a lot of live shows and Chicago as a city put a lot of pressure on venues and clubs um and arenas to play only chicago artists yeah they didn't want um people from la or from um from like the other areas of the midwest like um detroit and things like that they just wanted michigan yeah Uh, they wanted only chicago homegrown talent um and then it sort of built up from there and then now i think that really helped the camaraderie because now you got like um you got well you got pivot gang you got save money you got like the, the Kanye stable, who he had yeah. like a lot of hands in, like Chief Keefe and um, Vic Mensis, uh He had helped a lot of them. And I think that like the the camaraderie that was, that was felt back in the 80s and the 90s really helped um, bring this scene together.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, so Tongue Twister would eventually change his name to Twister. Um, yep. And I think that's quite a, a good name, Tongue Twister. He did speak yep. very fast. And Common Sense would then change his name to Common which I think is crazy that two of the biggest Chicago artists had longer names shortened
0: it yeah and they also didn't Common change it because there was like a band called Common Sense or something maybe
1: I didn't uh, look into that but then but what I find interesting is they both came out in the same year 1992 yep they both changed their name they're both from Chicago and their big releases were both in 1997 um, okay which is crazy to to, like it was just like a coincidence like it was just meant to happen Um, and then these guys were really responsible in 1997 for blowing up Chicago and Mm. one thing that and Kanye sort of continued this and what um, Common and Talib um, I can never say his name Talib Kweli um, would eventually sort of um, sort of smooth out was that you didn't have to be a gangster to rap anymore Yeah, like you could talk about like political issues or you could talk about like socioeconomic status and stuff like that which Common really did and then Kanye sort of took it to a whole nother level and sort of brought in a lot of different elements like the gospel and talking about himself and um, like he says in um, Jesus Walks you can talk about anything except for Jesus but he Mm. did and you can talk about (laughs) guns drugs killing and all that but you can't talk about Jesus but I think Kanye really stepped it up from what these guys did Common and um, Tlaib really did and those are two very big influences and Kanye has worked with both of them extensively so I really like that and I think that when you look in today's Chicago scene, you're getting a lot of this pain and suffering um, through the storytelling of like Saba Mm. and Joe Perp and No Name and Chance the Rapper and Polo G. Like these guys have been, it's been ingrained in them to tell their story rather than talk about what they have. They talk about what's happened to them and they talk about the oppression and the alienation that they face from the government or um, from the streets. Like Polo G had um, really great takes on like why he's been struggling his whole life and he doesn't put the onus on anyone but himself and he sort of invites the pressure on and talks about how it's affected his life but he wouldn't change it for anything and I think a lot of people do that like Saba says that he loves Chicago but he hates it at the same time and he, yeah. he talks about that and Joe Perp talks about when he was a kid he picked up a gun um, and he put it to his head and he actually shot it but it was it was it wasn't loaded thankfully he thought it was yeah. a toy and like it's crazy that like these things can happen and the way that these guys can say it so easily and so yeah, like, um, like it's truthfully yeah. is really good. And it's ingrained in the culture to um, sort of speak up for yourself and have, have something to say rather than... And I think that's something a part of where they're from. Like Chicago just couldn't get on the map by doing things other places did. Yeah. So they sort of had to talk had about to do something else and then it just sort of expanded from there. Like even like young Polo G is coming in and like he's in an era of like the trap talking about money and women yeah. and he's coming in still telling his story yeah. um, which is really cool to see um, and then then in the middle of the 2000s you know what happened there Kanye West <laughs> exploded onto the scene he started his career in 2000 actually working with um, Common um, he was producing for him he was producing for Jay-Z uh, with Rockefeller um, and then he just exploded um, Mm. with his debut album, College Dropout. Then we got Late Registration, Graduation, 808s and Heartbreak. Um, And then My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. And he just owned from about 2004 to about 2012. Um, And then Yeezus, The Life of Pablo, things like that came after. And I think that, like, that stretch, we had Common release um, one of his biggest albums, B. We had Lupe Fiasco come out with Food and Liquor, which is a great album. Mm -hmm. Um, But really... Chicago belonged to Kanye it still does belong to Kanye basically but yeah. like his illustrious career that stretch from 2004 to 2012 basically nothing came out of Chicago that uh, he didn't have his fingerprints on. Even Chief Keith Vic Mensa, like I think they may have mm. come out just a little bit after 2012 but like they were still heavily influenced by Kanye and like yeah. Kanye had influenced like now LA rap and New York rap so much so that like Travis Scott is from and sounds like Kanye a little bit The Weekends from a different country and sounds like Eminem (laughs) and so does Drake so uh, Eminem uh, (laughs) Kanye West so yeah definitely something that um, was really a really great run and then eventually he like I said before he transformed the narrative of rap having to be about gangsters because if you think about before Kanye exploded onto the scene 50 Cent Eminem Lil Wayne like Young Jeezy guys like that were all the biggest artists and they were they were all trappers all talking about like, like either violence or and, yeah. yeah, or like talking about women and um, Fifty Cent, especially had a had a big feud with um, Kanye, but they sort of smoothed it over, yeah, um, which is really good. But I really like that influence that Kanye had, and um, eventually Kanye now I believe is probably one of the most influential artists um, of all time.
0: Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. yeah,
1: and then in 2012, as Kanye sort of looked to wind down his career, which <laughs> later would get picked back up again, um, especially last year with his. Yeah uh, Run of albums But Oh
0: that was a huge year For Kanye Yeah,
1: yeah. But th- that's when we That's when we hear about Drill Like yeah. Chief Keef comes in And just sort of Orchestrates a whole new Genre by himself um, And then that created Like a whole bunch of artists Like G Herbo Lord Dirk Like a bunch of these guys That sort of created Their own niche And survived In their own sub-genre Do you um, actually say niche? Yeah niche Like it, it's I think niche and niche Are different words I think niche Yeah I don't know
0: Okay I don't think I've heard of niche. I, I've definitely heard it before. Okay. Niche or niche. I've only heard niche.
1: Yeah. Is well, it
0: applied to Keish, Is it kitsch? <laughs> Kitch?
1: Kitsch, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I really liked that that genre didn't fade out. Like, trap is yeah. still... I'm not trap. Well, trap is still alive, but drill is still alive um, to some degree. And then yeah. now in today's era, we got like this sort of... Um, like, we have Kanye still releasing music. We still have Common releasing music, who is also an actor... A producer, a, He does everything. He's an activist. He, he does a lot. Um, and now I think most importantly, we've entered this new wave of um, Chicago rap, Chance the Rapper, Vic yeah. Mences, Joey Purps, No Name, Sabers, things like that that are really taking us on a journey again.
0: Um, yeah, they're not sticking to what Chicago originally created. They're branching off and doing another thing that no yeah, one else is doing. And I
1: think that the story, um, the headline of this um, Chicago New Generation is storytelling. Yeah. which I think has always been uh, a theme of Chicago but they're doing it differently and yeah. they're doing it over different beats obviously as as it evolves but something that um, I'm really involved in and I really enjoy a lot like this new Chicago scene like I gave um, Care For Me mm. um, Quarter Thing like I gave them raving reviews um, Tokyo even I, I was given uh, raving reviews too but Yeah, Chicago definitely, Um, I wanted to start off this segment right, and this is my favorite um, city, so it can only go downhill from here, I'm going to say that. (laughs) Um, So I got five albums that you must check out from Chicago, I got Late Registration by Kanye West, Like Water for Chocolate by Common, Food and Liquor by Lupe Fiasco, Care For Me by Saba, and Finally Rich by Chief Keith.
0: I expected at least two Kanye nah, albums I thought, in I there.
1: Nah, I thought I'd uh, limit it <laughs> to one, it yeah, one per. <laughs> but yeah, that's my um, go-to there. And I really um, enjoy all of them. And I think if you go out and you want to listen to some Chicago rap and you want to listen to like sort of where it came from yeah, um, and how it's evolved over time, this is definitely the one for you. And um, just go out and enjoy those albums, guys.
0: Well, I think the only really thing left to discuss... For tonight is um what albums we're doing for next week
1: yeah next week uh, what do you got you got one have you chosen I, I haven't one yet? actually
0: chosen one I'll have to have a look at what you sent me I've looked through the uh, thing I'll, I'll read out what we've what we've been blessed with this week yep so it was a huge week the last seven days no Uh, no real
1: big ones but
0: no there's like a large amount there's pierre born gucci main the underachievers xv mike uh bts mac homie march homie i don't really know how to say that mac homie mac homie uh nicholas f marlin craft bob knowledge little booty call i really like that one k camp triple one pell yfn lucci trina dag savage and then we've got uh, three EPs as Lil Nas X, Benny the Busher, and I Love McConan. There's a huge list of artists right, that have dropped that. Stuff. Um,
1: the Libertine Two came out. So yeah. you know, I should have that Yeah, I that didn't one. notice
0: that actually. <laughs> well, what do you say about doing a double double?
1: You want to do a double double?
0: Yeah. All right, what are you what are you thinking of? Well, I I want to do Oh, there's several I wanna do. I wanna do The Libertine Two by Triple okay. One. Yep. I wanna do Jesus Said Run It Back by Lil Booty Call. And I want to do 7 by Lil Nas X. Right. You're going to have to pick, pick one,
1: mate. Pick, well,
0: well... two, yeah. One out of those, yeah. To go. Oh, yeah, to go. Well, I think I might get, a, get rid of uh, triple ones, the, little, the Libertine too. Okay. So I'm going to do uh, Jesus Said Run It Back by Lil Booty Call. Right. And... Seven by Lil Nas X. Have a bit of a meme week next week. Yeah. All
1: right. Well, I'm gonna do <laughs> I'm gonna do Mac Homie's Wapcon Joj. I believe that's a, I don't know how to say that. But There's
0: I'm an gonna... exclamation point as well yeah. at the end of of Wapcon Joj. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know.
1: I really like Mac Homie, and I haven't listened to this album yet. I did download it, but I was busy listening to Diaspora. Yep. Um, and I will also do another one that I have downloaded and listen to the first two tracks of. Uh, it's Benny the Butchers, the plugs I meet. Ooh. I met. Sorry. Yeah, the, the plugs, plugs I, I met.
0: met. Um, so we're both doing an EP and an album then. Yeah, there you go. Look at that. Look at that. Mate, it was only three EPs. <laughs> what are <laughs> <were> the chances <laughs> we've covered, of that
1: happening? We've covered both of them.
0: But <laughs> I like that. And there was also some uh, singles released too. I got them up on the the oh, laptop. You, you um, got the singles. Just a few. There's only uh, two Lucys that I sort of bothered keeping up. There's uh Eighty Eight Keys. That's with uh Mac Miller Yeah, I did see that one got released. Uh one. Sia. The song's called That's Life. Yeah, okay. I was wrong then. Yeah, it's called That's Life. It's uh Mac Miller, Sia, and then Eighty Eight Keys and what's his name? Valfire Simpson. Valfire.
1: I don't have that on my um thing. I don't have Valfire okay. on
0: mine. He's on referenced artists or okay, under yeah. referenced artists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, so that drop—that's a, a great track.
1: Yeah, you like that one.
0: Yeah, and um, then the other one I've got as well is uh, Chance the Rapper and YBN Cordae on Bad, "Bad Idea." Idea, yeah. Yeah, that's a great track. I'm actually surprised that these two haven't collabed yet. Yeah. But I'm I'm glad they have because they're they're a good um a good coupling, I guess. A good combo wombo. Yeah, <laughs> combo wombo. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We also had Damian Lillard release a track called Marvin, Bye Bye. We had E-40, Mm. uh, TM88, Lil Baby, Lupe Fiasco, The Game, uh, Lil Wayne, Amigos.
0: No, that game one's an old one. He's just re-released the same verse. (laughs) (laughs) I like that.
1: Uh, Rick Ross, Rob Banks.
0: um, Mm. Yeah, I saw the um, Rick Ross one. I haven't listened to it yet.
1: There's a bunch. Stormzy released one. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Craig Zen, Tissa Korean.
0: Oh which one is the to one Double Dare The Soapy Anthem oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's got the that carnival line I forget the line the It's like um, line. catch me at the carnival I really like the fair Something no,
1: like that No idea what you're talking about mate But that is this episode done
0: <laughs> Yeah Or uh, This part, oh, this of, this of, the part of the episode Yeah um, so yeah, next week we're doing the double-double the album review. We're still going to have the exact same uh, segments, Rap Song of the Year for 1980. Do you know what song we'll be doing or do you want to announce it next no, week? No, we'll
1: announce it next week, but it is by Curtis Blow.
0: Um, by Curtis Blow. Curtis. Oh, Curtis Blow. Curtis Blow, that
1: is the one that was picked by Shay, but I can't actually remember the other one, but I'll, we'll <laughs> definitely um, get that done by next week. So yep. um, be on the lookout for that. And I think... Um, that's this episode done, uh, this part done. So catch us yeah. in the next uh, part three.
0: Yeah. So yeah, we've got a rap song of the year from 1980. Uh, we, yeah, doing the double-double album review. Uh, you'll be doing the Discog Dive next mm-hmm. week. Do you know who you're going to do it on yet or do you want to announce that next um,
1: week? I will do it on... Hmm, who should I do it on? I will do it on... I had this. I had an idea of who I wanted to do it on. Uh, no, let me get back to you. We'll announce yeah, okay. the, it on the uh, socials.
0: Oh yeah, yeah okay. Well, I'll announce um, the rap region on the socials as well. I yeah. know who it is, but uh, yeah, we'll announce it at the same time. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, be sure to uh, check back next Wednesday night to to hear all of that. I think that's all for I think that's all for this week. This part, yeah. yeah. So
1: be tuned in next Wednesday. We're gonna have our hip hop um, again, and yep. Um, next up uh, on Friday, we're releasing.
0: Yep, oh, on next Friday, Friday we've got. Uh, I don't really know what to call it I've just called it fun where we've got like a few little fun games like like the lyric game the debate's making a comeback we've got uh, the celebrity head segment guess the song where we each play so like five seconds of a song each and the other one has to guess it and yeah just a few little fun games so be sure to uh, check us out on Friday to have a look at that video yep